0: us today on episode number 193 of the real life runners podcast so it seems like races might actually be coming back onto the schedule so today we want to talk about pre-race anxiety we all know about those nerves that we get before the race so today we're going to talk about why they happen and what we can do to deal with them Alright, so do you think it's actually happening? Races look like they're coming back. I know that we have had... Some in-person races down here in South Florida um, of all distances. We've had some 5Ks, some four milers, even a half marathon that's been run. And I know that they're happening around the country in different places. So it looks like races might be starting to come back a little.
1: Yeah, I got an email this week, or last late last week, that was like from one of the timing companies that uh-huh. look at all of the races on our schedule. They were like six in the next yeah. month. Like, yeah,
0: that, that one company down in Fort Lauderdale. was like, we got approval from the city or the county or county. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so today we wanted to talk about pre-race anxiety or just race anxiety in general, because we know that this is something that a lot of runners, I would say most runners deal with at some point in time. Oh, if you've,
1: definitely. If
0: you've ever run a race, I'm guessing you there's been a little bit of those jitters, maybe a little, you know, funny feeling in your stomach, a little nervousness, a little excitement. Like what is all of that coming from? What can we do about it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it. Everybody's got their own different term for it. Oh, it's, it's just butterflies in, in my stomach or it's, I'm just excited about the race. And it's, it's a lot of semantics, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, when the race comes up, you've got some sort of response to it. Mm-hmm. And... If you call it nervousness, I I think that nervousness is really just some form of fear. Like you're getting a little bit nervous about what might possibly happen at some point in the future about a thing that hasn't even happened yet.
0: Right. And that's exactly what it is, right? When you get nervous about something and you're worrying, any form of worry is essentially putting some future outcome that you don't know is going to happen into your present. So you're worrying about something in the future right now, even though that thing hasn't even happened yet. You're thinking that you know how it's going to go or you're worried about how it might go. And so instead of just letting that be in the future and you'll get to it when you get to it, you decide to kind of ruin your Current present time right now.
1: Right. Based (laughs) off of some conceivable outcome that may possibly be negative, let's just focus on this negative outcome Mm -hmm. and bring it right to my current state and then be really upset about this thing that hasn't even occurred.
0: Right. So basically what that's exactly what fear, worry, and anxiety are. It's just believing that this unwanted outcome that hasn't happened yet will happen. And so then what we do is we react to that outcome, even though it hasn't even happened yet, even though it might not even happen. But a lot of times we even start to imagine like the worst case scenario, right? And then we just get all stuck up in our heads on this worst case scenario. And it just completely takes you out of the moment. And then basically what happens, I don't know if this is like a, a spoiler alert or anything, but no, this is good. it's one of those things that it, you kind of prove your outcome, right? Like when it's, proof of what ends up happening. It's a
1: total self-fulfilling prophecy. Thank you. That's
0: the word I was looking for.
1: No, you got the, the, it's the (laughs) proof also. Like whatever you spend all of your time thinking about is really your most likely outcome. Like if all you do is think about all the possible negative scenarios that could play out, one of them is bound to play out because that's all you're living in. You have no positive thoughts towards the race.
0: Right. So you're putting all of your energy into that. So when you go there and this kind of goes along those, the lines of like manifestation, and those kinds of like woo-woo types of things, when you put your energy and all of your focus on that, then that's, you're more likely to attain that outcome than any other outcome.
1: Right. Because that's essentially what you've told your brain is going to happen. Yeah. Like you've said, okay, I've thought carefully about this and I'm dwelling on it. So it's really important Mm -hmm. because I'm putting a lot of mental thought into this negative outcome and your brain's like, okay, well then that's clearly what's, what should happen because that's where all of your thought is going on.
0: Right. So then when your race goes down the tube, you're like, see, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it
1: was going to happen. And as soon as you even start going anything in the negative direction and In any race, you're going to have that point where it starts to hurt or there's a hiccup in the race or something doesn't go exactly according to plan. If you go into it with a negative mindset, now you start spiraling because now that's evidence that the race is going to start tail spinning and everything's downhill from here.
0: Right, and so if that is your thought and that you're, you're believing that this is, this is the end or this is the, the beginning of the end, yes. right? Then are you really going to keep pushing or are you just going to kind of give in to it? And then if you do, just give in to it then guess what? You're going to get that negative unwanted outcome and those results that you were hoping that you didn't get.
1: Yeah. Which is, no, one, no one wants that. Well,
0: and this is the craziest thing, right? Is that all of this is in our mind, right? <laughs> like this is the craziest thing. We, we Some of us are so worried that we're not going to get the results that we want. And we don't understand that all results are created in our mind first our thoughts create our actions and our results and this is the thing that a lot of people have a hard time with and I know that I am into new into this kind of thinking and understanding this whole concept and so I still have a hard time fully grasping and fully believing this I, I mean I I shouldn't say that I, I 100% believe that our thoughts create our feelings which create our actions which create our results but Sometimes it's still <laughs> like challenging to put into practice sometimes. Yes, we'll, challenging we'll say to it put that into way, practice. Right? It, 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 it it's a daily practice and that's truly what it is to to really understand how much power our thoughts have over everything in our lives, especially the outcomes that we're getting in a race or in any other area of our life.
1: Right. So um I kind of want to go all the way back on fear, of fear as, as helpful yeah, like, in Yeah, like
0: where did fear even come from? Yeah. Why do we even experience fear? Sure.
1: So fear is survival mechanism. Yep. Like fear as when we were cavemen walking around and you heard that twig snap, it could be something that could kill you. Mm-hmm. And so fear was a really important response because it could keep you from being eaten. Yep. Like That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Having that same level of fear just because you put a race number onto your chest is not an appropriate level of response.
0: Right. It's interesting, though, because it still activates our fight-or-flight response, right? We have in our bodies, we have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, and our sympathetic nervous system is our fight-or-flight, and that's one of the – like, fear is one of the ways that our sympathetic nervous system gets activated because, like Kevin said, if you hear that twig snap and you have to – run away from a predator, you need to be able to, like, move on a minute's notice. Yes.
1: Yeah, you... I mean, you're quickly into not just, like, movement, but, like, you gotta go. All-out sprint. Like, it has to fire all the muscles, everything Mm. needs to be going, which... If you got a short race, sure, like get yourself as amped up as possible. If you're out there racing a hundred meter dash, mm-hmm. go for it. Cause this is all, everything you've got. If you're out there racing something that's going to take you much longer period of time, you need to control your thoughts before they start spiraling in the wrong direction. You have to take some control over the situation. Realize that you have control over these thoughts and that by controlling them, you're going to be able to put yourself in a much more positive place for the whole rest of the race.
0: Right. Because you don't want to burn out before the end of the the race, and if you are so amped up, and your sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive, there's a very good chance that you're just going to burn out before the end.
1: There's a good chance you're going to burn out before the race even starts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, some people just get so amped up, whether it's it's nervousness, or they try and like mask nervousness, and they're like, no, no, no I'm just really excited about this thing. And there's a couple of things going on here of. Whether you're anxious for the race or whether you're simply just really aware and and excited that the race is coming up. And I know you try and, and get our kids, especially on cross country team, to flip nervous about the race into simply excitement for the possible outcomes. And there's a, a concept out there called the, the Yerkes-Dodson rule that says that your performance increases as your arousal level increases. And people have taken this to say, Oh, well, when he said arousal level, he meant stress level. So you have to bring an appropriate level of stress. Cause if you're just like, if you're on the starting line and you're about ready to take a nap, that's not really going to set you up for great performance. But if you're on the starting line and you're so nervous that your hands are shaking, that's not going to lead to the good result also. Mm-hmm. So people overuse this concept. Um, of well, I just I I need an appropriate level of stress so that I'm ready to to work so that I can and perform my task or whatever mm-hmm. it is. The problem is that the the thought came from an experiment on mice that were getting electrical shocks back in like 1900. No, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so you know I do. I when we talk to the cross country kids, especially, what I try to explain to them, and we even you know tell our our runners this, the clients on the real life runners training team, is like when you feel that nervousness that is actually from adrenaline. Adrenaline is just the hormone that your body is releasing and it's the same hormone that you release when you are excited. So literally your body is releasing the same hormone when you feel anxious and stressed as you as it does when you are excited. It's both it's adrenaline both times. It's just your perception of the situation that changes what you're actually feeling.
1: Right. So then it's really just a matter of, again, going back and controlling your thoughts on this. Correct. Because the adrenaline is giving you that thought, the feeling. Well,
0: yeah, the adrenaline gives you the feeling, right? So then we go back to what is that thought? Is it like, oh my God, I can't believe this is going to happen. I'm going to, like, this is not going to be a good race. I'm going, going to let people down. I'm going to let myself down, I'm not going to get the PR, like all these thoughts, right, that would create stress and anxiety, or I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun, I'm so excited, I, I'm so happy that I'm here, and then I get to do this again, and this is just going to be the icing on the cake of all of these months of training that I haven't been able to race, right, so that you could get yourself into more of that state of Excitement and looking forward to what was going on instead of just worrying about it,
1: right, and I think that we should dive a little bit more into some of those concepts, but you know before we get there, one of the other things that helps increase that stress level, perhaps is when people make the race such a big concept. Mm-hmm. you know I know this happens when people train for like a half marathon or a marathon it's months of training, like if you do a five k and it doesn 't go well back when we had races yeah. you could conceivably find another 5k the next weekend or two weekends later mm-hmm. and your body would be okay to do it again yeah. you run a marathon you're probably not knocking another one out the next weekend if it doesn't go so well mm-hmm. you know now we're coming off this time where people haven't raced in like a year, and that's assuming that she snuck one in right before they all got canceled.
0: Right. Yeah. And so a lot of times when you have a longer build up to a race or more preparation, it makes it feel more important. Right. Like yeah. it's like I've been working for months or a year towards this race, and this is the pinnacle, and if it doesn't go well, then I'm going to be crushed.
1: Right. Which would suggest that your identity is entirely wrapped up in the results of that race.
0: Which isn't true, right? Like, and we go back again to you are a runner, and runners do hard things, and this is just a part of your running journey and again we like to think of the race as the victory lap as the celebration of all of the months leading up to this so it doesn't really matter what that result is it doesn't erase what you've done over the past few months or the past year or anything like that hopefully you get the result you want and and you need to set yourself up in training with both your physical training and your mental training, right this is the thing that a lot of people neglect is they do the physical training, but they forget about the mental side the, the mental training that we need to do and how to train our minds and rein in all of these crazy thoughts that we like that our brain likes to offer us all the time and have mental strategies on how to deal with all these during training and during the race like people forget about that component of things on how important that is and that's one of arguably even more important than the physical training in a lot of ways because if you can't master the mental side of things you may or may not even get through the physical training and be as prepared physically because you know you'll just like flake out on some workouts maybe you haven't been as consistent but if you can master that mental side, then you're gonna do better in your physical training, you're gonna show up better for all of those workouts, for all of those miles, and then you will be better physically prepared and then you'll also be stronger mentally when it comes to that race.
1: Right, because they they feed each other. Yeah. You have to be strong enough mentally to get through the hard workouts. And then by getting through the workout, it just reinforces how strong mentally you are mm-hmm. that sets you up for the next workout. You keep flaking out on different workouts, you keep skipping the workout every once in a while. You're going to get to the line and you're not going to feel prepared. Then the nervousness shows up. You're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm prepared for this. You are. You're as prepared as you're going to be because Mm -hmm. you're starting there on the starting line. Yeah. Like you either did the work or you didn't. Either way, the number's on your chest. Someone's going to shoot the gun off and you're going to go run. And that's simply going to be a data point like it doesn't say that, that that day is now the definition of you as a runner. Like you are a runner, not you're a runner that put up the blah, blah, blah time on this particular date. That's just one tiny aspect of your overall running journey.
0: Right. Especially those of us that are real life runners. Like you're not at the Olympic trials probably, or at the Olympics it's your, itself, right? Like that might be arguably someone's defining moment right their olympic race could be a defining moment in their life but even those moments and and there have been so many amazing olympic moments a lot of those runners will go on to do more later you know like especially the the shorter track runners they then go into longer distances and maybe they then get into a marathon and maybe that pinnacle of their career isn't even on the track when they thought it was going to be, maybe it's 10 years down the road when they hit the marathon and realize, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm a much better marathon runner.
1: Right. Or maybe in looking back, they realized that actually what was so amazing was not that race or that mm-hmm. one particular event, but it was the experiences that I had all together mm-hmm. and the miles of training and the hours out there on the roads and trails by myself in my mind that, that was the pinnacle, all of it together, not, you know, 15 minutes on one particular day or a couple of hours on one particular day, but everything together, the whole experience is what got them to, to where they are.
0: Right. The race just shows you what you're capable of doing on that day in those circumstances, like with everything that's going on, you can prepare almost perfectly for a race possibly. You know what I mean? It depends on how long the training is and the race and your life and how crazy it is and all that stuff. But even if you prepare, let's just put air quotes around that, perfectly for a race. And you show up. I mean, think about Boston a few years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's always a race that we like to point to, that there was snow and sleet and rain and it was freezing and it was just awful conditions. Everyone that showed up at that race, like, people were not expecting that. And people, I'm sure, have... trained years and years and finally qualified for Boston and made it to Boston. And this is what the the conditions were.
1: Right. And I mean, you he then had an option, not run Boston right. or show up in the conditions of that day.
0: Right. But whatever your time was on that day, and there's people I'm sure that ran PRs that day, not very many of them, but it, I'm sure it happened. But it's your performance or someone's performance on that day is not. Necessarily a good representation of what they're capable of. Right. Okay, so now we know why anxiety happens. Anxiety happens because we are thinking about some unwanted future outcome that hasn't even happened yet. And there may be a long buildup that is causing this. There's like this fear and this nervousness and anxiety and all of these thoughts that our brain is creating. So the question now is how can we create a better mental space how can we overcome this race anxiety or basically all of these pre-race pre-nerves or whatever you'd like to call it the jitters um, how can we put ourselves in a better place so that these thoughts and feelings of anxiety don't negatively affect us during our race
1: right and the first one we've kind of you know, without directly saying it, we've alluded to uh, quite a bit here is except that running is a long journey, yep. that that particular race isn't a defining moment. It's not the thing that says exactly what type of a runner you are, just accept that you're a runner, running is a long journey, and that racing is just a chance to check in mm-hmm. and see where you are. On that particular day with those particular conditions.
0: Exactly. Because racing, that's the exciting part, right? That's just the performance at the end of a training block. Whatever you've been training for, the race is just the end of it. So it's that time for you to check in and be like, okay, so how did this part of my training go? And it gives you such good information if you go into it correctly. So why would you put so much pressure on yourself? Like what Kevin just said, like this is the defining moment or this is the the race that I've been working for my entire life or for years or whatever, however big you're building it up in your head, stop doing that, okay? <laughs> like just say to yourself, yeah, this is just another race, right? Like, yes, it's, it's important to have some buildup, right? Because you don't want to just go out there and be completely blasé, right? right? Like you want to have some... Sense of urgency, a little bit of fire under you because you want to do well. You want to perform at your best. So you need to have some level of importance on that, but just keep that in check.
1: Right. And, you know, maybe talk to somebody who's not in the same spot as you because a lot of people, a lot of runners, build races up way bigger than, I don't know, their non-running friends.
0: You know, it's funny. I've talked to a lot of people about this. They're like, I love, you know, my non-running friends because they don't care what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I know you've said this before, like when you were in high school. This
1: is one of the huge aspects that kept me grounded in high school is the friends that I ate lunch with on a regular basis, basically every day. They knew that I was on the cross-country and track team. They had no idea if I was varsity. They were so outside of sports. I don't think they grasped that there was even a difference between like a varsity and a JV and the freshman team. Mm-hmm. They had no idea how long a 5K was, what a fast time was. They didn't care. So if I had a meet that day i go and have lunch with them, there would be no discussion about the meat. And then we'd get together and have lunch the next day, and there was no discussion about how the meat went. So it was complete safe space where I didn't have to worry and stress out about this race that was coming on. You'd get on the bus... And there was a small time window where you'd, you know, transport to the race. That was just enough time to get the race excitement, but not so much time of hours and hours thinking about it. Then you can dwell and go to a negative spot.
0: Right. And I think that that's, it's important to have both people in your life, right? It's it's very important to have those running friends or that you can commiserate with or get excited with or you know share your anxiety and your nerves with and then you need those people outside of running also that just don't care because (laughs) it doesn't matter how you perform like they're still going to love you as much they're still going to accept you because they don't care but in reality your running friends probably don't really care that much either.
1: That's a really good point. Your running friends honestly don't care what your PR is. Yeah. They don't.
0: Everybody's only thinking about themselves. <laughs> I mean, they're. I'm sure they'll get excited for you and they'll be happy for you if you do well and you hit your goal. But if you don't, it's not like they're going to be disappointed in you.
1: No. Like, they have more of an idea about how excited maybe they should be. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say, <laughs> like, oh, my PR was this and then I just ran this yeah. in the race, they will know what those numbers mean and how big of a drop that was. Mm -hmm. So they may have the appropriate excitement level, but they don't, they don't care that you PR. Like they're not going to be like, oh, well, we're not going to lunch today because you didn't PR. Like that's not, that's not where they're at.
0: Right. And then you need those friends that ask, oh, how long is your marathon?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. This, this marathon is three miles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that just kind of helps keep you in check also. Right. So accept that running is a journey. Have people in your life that can understand that journey and also have people in your life that really don't care about it as much and that's not a bad thing like i'm not saying that as a negative but that just love you and accept you no matter what like it doesn't matter what happens out on the road like they're still gonna just think that you're an incredible superhuman
1: yeah well this is where kids are super helpful in this one also yeah that's what i I I thought of that the uh like when I ran with the fifty k for New Year's, the kids were holding the finish line. Mm. They didn't care what the time on the clock was. They had no idea what the time on the clock no was. Idea. They knew that I was done, and so they were going to hold the finish line for me. Right, and that's that's all it was. And then we were going to have some breakfast afterwards. You got
0: it. And then and next, the next thing you can do to help create a better mental space for yourself is this, you know, is kind of along this line, just compete for yourself. Like it doesn't matter what other people think of you. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. Like don't worry about chasing others or comparing yourself to others or comparing yourself to even previous versions of yourself or even imaginary versions of yourself, right? Some future version of yourself that you haven't achieved yet that you think you'll be able to achieve. And if you're not there yet, you're just going to feel bad about yourself no, stop doing that, right? I think it's very helpful to have that future version of yourself, to ha- to start to picture yourself as a faster runner. And, you know, we talked to the, our teammates about this as well, about like imagining the future version of you and being that person now. Like how would that person train? How would that person be thinking? It's being that runner before you actually have the results that will actually allow you to get those results even faster. So that um, those imaginary versions of yourself in the future are very helpful when kept in check, but not if you use them to make yourself feel bad about where you are right now.
1: Right, like it's really good to have that imaginary version to help you know your current actions, how you should be currently training, the steps that you're currently taking to try and continue to improve yourself. But that imaginary version that runs Five minutes faster than you do is not necessarily the person that you want to compare yourself to in the race because comparisons just keep sucking the joy out of the racing. Mm -hmm. Like, racing should be such an exciting time to see, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen today. Like, if you go into the race with this sense of wonderment and experimentation it's amazing. If you go into it with nothing but comparison to somebody else or some imaginary version of yourself or, or the ever popular previous version of myself, I hate, I, I did this for a while of trying to compare myself to me when I was like 20 ish. Mm -hmm. That, that doesn't work when you've suddenly got like two young kids, you know, and now, now that I have two little bit older kids still not working. I think I I just can't do the comparison to 20 year old me. It's just not, not a good comparison anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, and and for a while you even beat yourself up about like missing out on some of your twenties, right? Because of just life and what happened and everything like, and you're like, I just missed out on my prime years of running. Well, that thought's not doing you any good right now either.
1: No, no. And so you just, you move past it and you just get into, okay, well, what am I actually competing for? And I'm competing for myself. I want to see how fast I can go today, not how fast I can go relative to anything else. And that's when the whole conditions go out the window. I'm just going to show up and race and we're Mm -hmm. just going to see what happens, which leads to the second point of stop chasing the clock. I Besides chasing other people, stop chasing the clock. There's so many conditions on a given race day that are just beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what's going to happen with the weather. You give the Boston example of this when we ran the Key West half marathon a few years ago. That was ago, so crazy. No one expected the giant storm. If it was storm season, it would have been named. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, and so it was just a giant thunderstorm that rolled through overnight.
0: Oh yeah. I mean there were palm trees going sideways yes. when I was looking out the hotel window that morning. It yeah. was the wind was so strong and so crazy. And I was hoping for a PR that day. And I was like, Well that's <laughs> you know Nope. Nope. Uh, you know, and they they delayed the the start time and my fueling was all off. Like all of my plans were out the window. And I was like, I started with a poncho on the starting line, I'm like, how am I going to run in a poncho? Like, I'm wearing this, a
1: poncho. What,
0: what is going on right now? And so I just basically, like through caution to the wind. I was like, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to run as fast as I can. I'm going to run strong. I'm not going to worry about the clock and we'll see what's going to happen. And I did end up running a PR yes, that did. day and it by a lot.
1: Yes, you, you know, did. and
0: that was like it was incredible and it was so much fun. I had such a good time during that race, but it was because I released all expectations. I don't know if I would have performed as well. I mean, who knows what would have happened, right? In an alternate universe, but I don't know if I would have performed as well if everything had gone off as planned.
1: Oh, good point. You know because what I mean? Then you should have run the PR.
0: Then I should have run the PR. Then I would have had more anxiety about it. Right. Then I would have had more of the expectations about like the, these things that needed to happen or should happen, or I was set up perfectly for all of this or whatever it was on that day. And that's why chasing the clock can be very fruit, futile.
1: Yes. In, in a
0: lot of ways. Right. And it can put Undue pressure on yourself because if you think about it, right, and and I'm sure you guys have probably seen them, especially if you've done any like big city marathons, there are pacing charts like tattoos that you can get at the expos, the race expos, and you can put these tattoos on your arm so that if you're shooting for, say, a four-hour marathon, you know exactly what your mile splits need to be, Yes. right? And so think about how... I mean, one would argue that that is super helpful so that you know if you need to slow down or speed up. But one could also argue that that is just creating a undue level of anxiety in you. And so if you're off pace, then what happens? Like, what are your thoughts when you see that watch and you're not on pace, whether it's too fast or too slow? Time to quit it could be
1: like i'm i'm 1 mile into a 26 mile race and according to my forearm i'm 10 seconds off of pace mm-hmm. i guess i should throw in the towel
0: right and i think that that just people end up putting way too much pressure on themselves because of that clock that it actually hinders their performance yeah. I mean- and that's what we mean by stop chasing the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Not that time is irrelevant, not that time isn't important, which, you know, we could make that argument too, because time on the clock is really just a time on the clock. And yes, we want to get faster times. We want to have these check ins so that we can see that we're improving, that we can see the proof of our efforts. And that's why the time is important. But does that time actually matter? And what is that time actually going to make you think? So, and how is that thought going to affect the way that you're performing?
1: Right. So that's the other aspect of, of the time of the clock is even if you hit this like number that you've got in your head, you're just going to remarkably quickly stop celebrating that you hit the goal in your head and decide that you could in fact go faster oh totally like you can always take whatever number you in, in your head and make it just a little bit smaller
0: it's so it happens so fast too
1: almost immediately it, it, it's almost immediately,
0: yeah because i mean you hit the pr and you're like oh my gosh well i wish i could have gone i wonder if i could have gone faster yep or I wonder if I can go faster. Like, it's just one of those immediate thoughts. And I would argue on one hand, again, that that's a really good thing, right? That it opens up your mind to new possibilities. And on the other hand, it's like, then when when are you going to be satisfied? Like, what time is ever going to be good enough?
1: Yeah, no, because you can always conceivably go just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And so when do you get to actually celebrate? Like, take some time and actually enjoy the celebration. Like, we both had a good race mentally that weekend. You For Key knocked West. Out, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You knocked out a PR. I literally there were so many people down that weekend that, that we knew. Like your whole running crew was rolling in. Yep. We had friends that that rolled in. One of our friends every time he come up to me he goes, So you're winning, right? I'm like what? Yeah. He goes, I drove hours to get here. I didn't drive hours to get here to watch somebody not win the race. Like <laughs> uh Okay. Yeah, sure. No pressure there. So I literally had to keep telling people over and over because he was, I mean, he was kidding with us, but I think only kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, But other people were asking like, oh, do you think you can win it? Like they just kept asking this question. So I had to keep saying out loud over and over, I'm going to run as fast as I can. I'm not sure who else is going to show up. And I just kept saying that over and over and over again. And so when it came time to the race on what, two or three hour delay yeah, I the think starting it was line. two hours I'm wearing a poncho like I'm wearing a trash bag that I've punched arm holes in and a head hole mm-hmm. and like a minute before the race I take that off and I like shove it in the railing on the side and I'm there on the starting line and off we go I had no idea who was there. I'm watching other people. Everybody's warming up inside of parking garages because that was the only place that wasn't still downpour. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I I guess I'll keep an eye on these guys and we'll see how the race plays out. But because I said it over and over and over, I'll run as fast as I can and we'll just see what happens. Then, I mean, I freaked out a little bit when the lead bike went in the wrong direction and didn't quite get me to the appropriate turnaround. Yeah,
0: that was not cool.
1: But for the most part... I handled all the different ups and downs and the crazy weather and everything pretty well mm-hmm. and and came out and, and did well in the race. I mean, I, I won the thing. You won. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good because I just ran as fast as I could, yeah. which is the third takeaway of compete for yourself. At the end of whatever the race is, give an honest assessment. Did you run as best as you could have on that day?
0: Right. Because if you can gain personal satisfaction, if you can learn the lessons... Does that time really matter? Again, right, and and this will take us to Jacksonville. I think this yeah. is, your Jacksonville race is a great example of this, too. Like, you went out that day, and you gave it all you could, and that day you fell short, right? Like, that day you did not get the time you wanted. You definitely did not win the race. Nope. Your wife was very nervous that something really bad had happened to you, and I was about to send a search crew to go find you. But you ended that race with such a sense of personal satisfaction because you went out there and you gave it everything. Your body just didn't respond to you that day.
1: Right, and in looking back... I've even done this, and I, I don't know. It's probably not the best mental strategy, but I've looked back and like tried to criticize things in the race. I'm like, now I'm pretty happy with how how it played out. I could have done things differently, mm-hmm. and I could have ended up in a different place. I don't think I could have won that race on that day, mm-hmm. but I could have perhaps run a smarter race, a more um, paced properly at the in the opening miles. But I went for it, and I don't think that I I stretched. So far beyond my capability. Yeah. And it just, it didn't play out on that particular mm-hmm. day.
0: Right. And that's really what this all comes down to is when you compete for yourself and understand that you are the only one that can determine whether or not you feel disappointment. Like you are the only one. No one else's thoughts. No one else's words. None of that matters. The feeling of disappointment can only come from you. Oh,
1: that's really good. It's true. That's good. You are the only one who can decide if you get to feel disappointed. Yeah.
0: You know, like, so whatever that outcome is, you can decide whether or not you want to feel disappointed.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I crossed that finish line hobbling across that finish line. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over, over the, uh, the quarantine here, I ran a 50 K just around our neighborhood in a complete stress-free environment. And I was as happy crossing both of those finish lines. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them was in an actual race and I hobbled across the line and then kind of almost collapsed on the other side of it. Cause my legs were just not working correctly. And across the 50 K and I was still walking around and, and was doing okay in both of them. I just was so satisfied with what had just happened,
0: right, because you went out that day and you gave it whatever you had, yeah like you you did your best and and so you have to be satisfied with that right and that's that's a choice that you have so if you go out from you know in whatever race situation you're in, whether it's a virtual race, whether it's a um individual race, whether you actually get to race with other people again, whatever that time is, whatever that outcome is, you get to decide how you want to feel about that. And you get to do that by controlling your thoughts around that. All right, so finally, to wrap this all up, we want to take a look at how races have been happening this past year, which there has been a ton of virtual races, right? And those of us that have still been running and still been training, you may or may not have done a virtual race. Maybe you've just kind of been running just to run. Maybe you actually have gone out and done a challenge or a race or something like that. But we want to think about like some of the lessons that we... Can learn from this experience from the virtual racing environment and some of these more stress-free types of races
1: right because over this time you know some of the uh like elite professional runners have still been getting together with their teammates and putting on these essentially like time trial spectacles for you know for the excitement of it where they'll get together and they'll have like their whole training pack of like 10 people and they'll say okay Eight of you are pacing this and two of you are going to hang on and run the entire race mm-hmm. and go for the American record, the world record, like whatever it is. How great of a time is, is that? Like people are putting up these monster times because they've got these amazing conditions and they're very different than your normal big giant race. Plus, you know, crazy advances in shoes over the last couple of years here. Indeed. Throw a carbon plate or six inside <laughs> of it and you'll be fine. Um, but if you go back to You know, if you did a virtual race or if you ran a race and you had somebody help pace you through that race, it completely changes the whole feeling of that race because it takes a lot of the stress out of it. How much stress is there going to be if every person in the race is just a teammate and all of those teammates simply want the best outcome for you?
0: Right. And I think that like, that's a really important thing to just think about and then take that into Future races, right? Can we use that understanding and take that into a real in person race? Can you see that everyone is supportive of you? Can you try to reduce the amount of anxiety and nervousness that you feel? Because maybe this is, maybe you can think about it. It's like, oh, you know what? I, I did this like around my neighborhood. Like, this is no big deal. You know, like whatever that is, like, can you bring that same stress free? Um, mental space to a real race, even though when you had it before, it wasn't necessarily an in person, you know, thousands of people race. Can you just take that mental space that you found during that time and bring it in and try to apply it to this situation?
1: Right. So, when you add extra people, why does that have to add extra stress? You know, can you look at the people around you? Maybe you're not a professional athlete and you and your friends don't have matching singlets, although you and your friends could totally get matching singlets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason. And I've then, got a
0: great printer if you need it.
1: Fantastic. And then you can roll into the race and be like, look, I'm in this race with all of my teammates. We're all just going to be out here supporting each other. And this is going to be a blast. And if you don't have a group of friends all with matching singlets, why can't the person standing next to you in the race suddenly be your teammate?
0: Well, and they can. And I think that so many people have experienced this in the race. And this is some of the beauty of the running community. Like I know that when I've been in races before and I've been struggling that there's been people randomly that's like, come on, you've got this, you know, just cheering you on not like there's the ones on the side there are spectators that have signs and are cheering you on but there's also the your fellow runners in that race we're like come on let's do this we're gonna do this together you know whatever it is like the running community is so supportive and they want to see you succeed
1: right because again the only person that cares about your pr is you even your really close running friends don't know what your pr is they really don't
0: right it's true (laughs) And they probably still love you anyway and still want to train with you.
1: Still want to train with you.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. So hopefully this was helpful. Basically, it all boils down to just controlling your thoughts around the situation, right? Don't make the situation bigger than it is. Don't make the situation bigger than it needs to be. See that race as just a checkpoint in your overall running journey. If you want to use like mantras or those kinds of things, those things are great if you can believe them. I think that that's the point. Like things like mantras and um, positive affirmations, all of those things are fantastic, all, they are they're all just ways to reprogram your thinking it all just goes back to your thoughts so if you are constantly repeating a thought over and over and over again like a mantra or an affirmation, that thought starts to feel true to you and so that is the bonus that is the benefit of those things like mantras and, and um, those affirmations it's all reprogramming your thinking so if that will work for you use those you know use those tools but also think about your running journey as a whole. Why are you doing all of this? Is it to run that one time? Is that the only reason that you're a runner? Because I would venture to say that that time wouldn't really matter and that you would probably still be a runner if you never even achieved that time. You would probably still keep doing that thing.
1: Yeah, no, you're definitely going to keep doing it. You're going to keep showing up at races. You're going to keep putting in the miles. Whatever the time on the clock says when you cross the finish line, you're going to find another starting line and head towards another finish line. Yeah, and
0: by all means, keep striving for it, right? Keep working hard. Keep striving. Keep dreaming. Set really big goals. You know, none of this is to make you downplay anything. You should still have a time that you're aiming for. You should still set big goals. You should still do the training to achieve those things. All of those things matter because of the person that you become in that process. When you stretch yourself and you start to do things that you don't that you're not quite sure if you're capable of doing them and then you do it and you achieve it and It's who you become in that process that is such a beautiful thing. So yes, by all means, set the goals, keep striving, but also understand that this is just one point in your running journey and keeping that in check will likely help with those pre-race anxiety and nerves.
1: Yeah, excellent point. Just one, one check along the way.
0: One check along the way. All right, guys. So as always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, the Real Life Runners training team is open. We are accepting new clients. You can- Ooh, They have
1: matching uniforms.
0: We do. We do have a team uniform. Um, and we have runners all over the world that we love to help with this mental aspect of training to help runners learn how to reprogram their thoughts and start to think better thoughts so that they can achieve the goals that they want to achieve in their life For more information, you can head over to realliferunners.com forward slash join. And as always, we thank you so much for spending this time with us today. If you think this episode would benefit one of your running friends, please feel free to share it. There's a fun little box with an arrow that will, you can share it via text message or email or post it to your social media. And if you are listening to that and you want to take a screenshot of the episode and post it on social me- media, make sure that you tag us at Real Life Runners so that we can give you a shout out right back. And thank you for sharing the episode with your friends. So as always, guys, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 193. Now get out there and run your life.